This episode is brought to you by Tanner Kinsley Royal LePage. Tanner is your guy for all real estate needs in Prince George. He offers complimentary home evaluations and customizable home searches. Using Tanner as a buyer's agent is completely free. Visit his website to find your next home. That's realestatepg.ca. You can also contact Tanner at 250-961-8700. That is 250-961-8700. Tanner Kinsley is your go-to real estate agent. Hello, welcome, episode number four, episode number one of 2019 of Two Spruce Crew. My name's Cole, he's Caden Fanshaw. Uh, Fanshaw, how was your break? You went back home to Paradise George, how did that go? P.G.Cole, and uh, what what a place. Realized, you know what, I do miss it a little bit, um, the Lower Mainland, you know, it's not, uh, just not the same, you know, I, no. I hate traffic. And uh, my return to the Lower Mainland made me realize how much I really hate that traffic. But uh, also one thing, I do love that white stuff. And no, I'm not talking about cocaine. <laughs> I love the snow. I love PG snow. Uh, was it good? Like, how much snow was there? I heard there was a poop ton, like, once the Christmas break started. So, you know, when I got there, there was, like, no snow. It was like you could see the grass. Really? And honestly, I was a little depressed. Like, I, I didn't come to PG for lower mainland weather. What is this soft? Yeah. It was raining. It was raining at one point. Before it snowed. Yeah, before it snowed. Really? Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward two weeks. Right before Christmas, got a nice dump, and uh, it just hasn't really stopped. It since hasn't then. stopped. It's no. crazy. I've heard some crazy things over the days. but There was a couple days down. I would not drive a car on those roads. Really? That's how much snow there was. Not enough time for snow plowers to no. get on there. You know, that is a highly debated topic. We don't yeah. no, yeah. It's better than in Vancouver they put salt on the ground when there's no ice. They put salt on everything. They put I, salt, yeah. I, I think if I was walking in the sidewalk, they'd dump a bucket of salt Honestly, on me. Honestly, it's too. what it feels like. I, I was going to Metrotown a couple weeks ago and I was walking and I swear to god it was dry. Like dry, nice day out. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And it was just salt down the entire sidewalks. I don't know. Yeah, they wonder why, safe they, sorry, why, I guess. why do they run out of salt here? Well, it's goddamn everywhere. Are going to see it in July for crying out oh, quiet. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm um, sure we the first topic or what? Yep, bounce right onto it. World Junior Hockey Championship, Canada losing. Uh, wow, it sucked. It really did suck losing. We were both there at the quarterfinal uh, in Vancouver. Yeah, I just want to state my uh, record at the World Juniors is 0 and 1. Really? Today, yeah. I attended one game and uh, Canada lost. So I'm at 500. I went to all of them. I'm two and two. Not great, but you know, I watched from home TSN right the whole time, the whole nine yards. And uh, Gordon Miller, Ray Ferraro, great guys. You can't get better. Than They're that. a good combo. Honestly, man. best combo. Honestly, that might ever exist. Yeah. In sports, but uh, anyways. No, watching from home and then coming down here and watching it live, two completely different things. It looks way faster in person. It's insane. Mm, yeah, and I was talking about it with other people. That felt They all felt like NHL hockey games. It, they really did. They're so fast. And, you know, they wanted to be the – I remember Tim Hunter said he wanted Canada to be the, the fastest team that they've ever had. And they might have been. Might not have been the best skilled team. But oh, oh, I think that kind of missed that by a margin. But – um, it was tough. I mean, they lost to Finland in the pre-tournament, 5-2, I believe it was. And I didn't even think, like, 
Canada did not look good. No, and I didn't think Finland special looked teams, that good either. Yeah, their special teams struggled. Canada's did especially. I think they went over over five. And uh, I heard from a little bird that Canada did not take the ice in the practice. Did not. Days. Mark Masters from TSN tweeted that he said that Canada did not practice on their off days or have any morning skates. I think morning skates are kind of wishy washy optional, yeah. but you'd think they'd have practices on off days. Like they went three, they had three power play goals in their first game against Denmark. It's for, Denmark. Over for the rest. Are you no, out of your mind, Tim Hunter? They had no power play goals, and they didn't make any changes. I did, I'm just kind of puzzled by it. You think, as any other coach, you would make an adjustment in such a short tournament um, to to switch it up, and they something they didn't. change, try something. It's oh, it was so annoying, frustrating to watch. It was really frustrating, and then. You know, they're up one nothing in the quarterfinal. Which felt uneasy, to be honest. Oh, my God. I felt like they were still losing, or yeah. it was tied. They, they were all, Finland was all over them. The, the, the rink was dead until about... Mm, the last two minutes. The last, stood well, up. I'd say the last five, yeah. Yeah. And there was a bunch of... The deep Di Pietro was unbelievable. Oh, sick chat. I think he's the best... I made thought about this the other day. He's the best world junior goalie in Canadian history since Carey Price. I uh, think about uh, the last years, I think he's the best one. Justin Pogge. <laughs> you think Pogi is better than I don't know. No, I really don't. Think well, Pogi was oh six. Price is oh seven. Yeah. I honestly, Justin Pogi is pretty good. Pogi was awesome in the World Juniors. Yeah, probably peak of his career. Yeah, but totally. uh, and you know what? If you played a drinking game as to how many times they mentioned Pogi on TSN, I know you were at the ranks, so you wouldn't have heard it. Right? But, uh, yeah, you would have gotten drunk every single really? night because they all they talked about referencing Pogi, Pogi, Pogi. Every <laughs> don't know he was the story on that oh six. I remember that so, sort of vaguely. Yeah. Nothing crazy. No, Price was sick. Yeah, Price Honestly. was good. I think he was the next best one. Then you go 08. I think it was Steve Mason. 09 was Tukarski. Oh, Dustin Tukarski. Dustin Tukarski. He was the he was a backup. I'm not sure if he's with Montreal or not still. He's still in the minors. Yeah, he's still in the minors. Yeah. 2010. 2010's probably one of the best duos they've had, but they didn't really do that good. No. It was Jake Allen and Martin Jones. Yeah, we've seen how Jake Allen does in the NHL. Bro, I picked him up for fantasy yesterday, and that Bad didn't do up. the job. Bad, Bad pickup. And twenty twelve, I think I could keep going, but and nonetheless, Di Pietro was unreal. Um, it was pretty fun to watch to watch him play. Um, the whole Comtois penalty shot thing. Let's let's get into this because everyone. This is what people want to hear, right? And I think personally, you know, when I saw the penalty shot happen, I knew instantly they could use anyone they wanted. Yeah. And well, there was some confusion. Like I was, was there, they didn't sure. know. Like Tim uh, Hunter had no clue. No, Bouchard was going to take the penalty shot, and then he went to the bench and was like, uh, "Am man, I taking this? Or, or yeah, what's what's going on?" And he was skating circles around because he thought yeah. he was taking it. And then Tim Hunter's like, "Oh crap!" Comes down. He's like asking for the explanation. You think he'd know this well, as a coach? You think you'd know the rules? You know, but the maybe rules. I'm maybe I'm lowballing. But still, I don't know. I, Honestly, if you don't know the rules, you shouldn't be on the bench. Totally. And the first thing that came to my mind was Cody Glass. Cody Glass, I've never seen this guy miss a breakaway, honestly. In the Western Hockey League, the guy executes. And the last goal, like, oh, this bugs me because the last goal Comtois scored was against the Czech Republic, like, gross goal off a body. It wasn't like, even nice. He was slumping. He was slumping. Yeah. Cody Glass was easily the best forward, in my opinion. And uh, Tippett was good. Tippett Got was hurt good in too. that game, though. Morgan Frost was good, too. Morgan Frost. That, was, I thought, you know what, it, it was either going to be... Glass, Tippett, or Frost. Yeah. That's what I thought. For sure. Or even some, I heard some other people mention Barrett Hayton. Barrett um, Hayton. I know he didn't really play a prominent role, but apparently no. he's a skill guy. He's got so. good hands. I don't know. He didn't look like a skill guy on TV. No. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It was 
I mean, I can see why they chose Comtois in a sense. Electric, like electric player. Yeah, sure. He he's, the, he's the captain. I mean, and then obviously after New Year's Eve when he was diving and everything, maybe a chance else, to redeem yeah. himself. But I mean, in that moment, you don't pick someone to redeem themselves. You pick no. someone to win the freaking game. You know. Ultimately, um, they wanted Canada wanted to win the game, right. and we didn't. We didn't. So Bob McKenzie said it best: If you have been around the hockey gods for a long time, if you give up a goal in the last minute. You miss a penalty shot, and then your stick breaks on an open cage. Odds are likely that you're not going to win the game. You're you're not going to win. And then the end. The Finland ends up winning, and that place just deflated in Vancouver, like deflated. I've never felt so awful in my life. Me neither. I felt like it was a nightmare. Actually, I didn't think it was real. Didn't think it was real because the place was electric. The atmosphere. I just want to say, as in like, unlike anything I've ever felt before. And then, bam, they score, and I sat down in my seat. And, uh, yeah, I was like, no way. This, this didn't just happen. Yeah. That sucked. But bottom line, what a tournament. Vancouver did a great job. I got a good story, actually. Great so, host. Great host. First game, Czechs are playing, I think it was Switzerland. Czechs won an overtime. We actually recorded that on our Instagram. I recorded yeah. the overtime. We, me and my dad see that there are a bunch of seats downstairs. So we go downstairs. We're like 20 rows up, lower bolts, pretty good seats. We're in section 320 for the tournament. Upstairs. TV timeout. And they say, we're selling, we got a uh, loudest row in 320. Me and Alex, you've got to be kidding me. 320 for our, the row gets a free pizza. Yeah. And everyone's cheering. I'm like, we're like, please don't pick row eight. Please don't pick row eight. I'm like, row three. We're like, yeah. Oh, it was, uh, I was so nervous though when that happened. Because you would have got a free pizza if you were. Yeah, if I was out there, I wouldn't scream my arse off. For that entire 20 seconds or however long it was. But, yeah, it was pretty funny. But, yeah, nonetheless, great tournament. Victoria did really good, too. I think they sold out almost every single game or if not great every attendance, single game. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the best attended, I think. I just want to say, yeah, Victoria jumping on board with the Kazakhstan. Yeah, oh, man. The they, Sweet Caroline goal they, song. Honestly, like, Canada's goal song sucked. You didn't like it? No. Mm. Did you like it? I did. I really did. See, Sweet Caroline, that is unbelievable. Honestly, yeah. when I heard the crowd singing it, I got chills. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. I couldn't ima- like, imagine if Kazakhstan made a quarterfinal oh, and oh. played Russia or something and they scored. Like, no, that place God. would have lost it. They were playing at 9 a.m. Yeah. in the relegation. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it was super fun. Had a blast. and Lots you know. of Costco hot dogs consumed. Oh, my God. I've never felt more overweight in my entire life. Like, literally, we, me and my dad went <laughs> in every single game in between games. We said, you know what? $1.25 grease pestle and a pop. May as well. Well, I was, honestly, I ate a hot dog from Rogers Arena while I went to the one game. Very good. Yeah, but highly overpriced. Six bucks? Six bucks. Nine twenty-five. I can't believe I know this. Nine twenty-five for a foot-long hot dog. And to, that's so much. That's a drunk purchase if you do it. Oh, that honestly, yeah. yeah I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I'm honest. guilty of that, yeah. too. So... I honestly, I was like feeling it off of like three beers at the game. Yeah. At the game, and I was like, I need some food. Like, yeah, or else this is not going to be fun. Beer is overpriced too, but that's expected, I guess. Yeah. About the fifty-fifty had oh. to play. Fifty-fifty was good though, because the New Year's Eve game against Russia, it start save on food. I think donated like half a million dollars. Yeah, it started at five hundred thousand, and it got to like six thirty-six or something. So. Yeah, if, we, if Cole won that, we'd have our own studios by now. Yeah. <laughs> we would be on board with Barstool Sports. Yeah. Um, but we didn't win. We didn't win. Not even close. I think I got the letters right, and then the rest of it uh, was a wash. But um, last thing about the World Juniors, for me anyways, they gave out the awards for each team. Oh, yeah. I honestly 
How do they pick Comtois? They pick Comtois as an all-star? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But the one thing I saw was Ryan Paling. He got the MVP. I completely disagree. Um, no, not because he's American. No, 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 no. He was good. He had a hat trick against Sweden when they came back almost, and they lost in overtime. But that's the most I saw of him. I mean, I think Finland's goalie, Lekin, Lukanen, was unreal. Finished goaltending. He's coming back, man. He was unbelievable. He's the one who kept Finland in it pretty much the entire tournament. Especially in the Canada game, man. They had a lot of chances. Oh. Especially late in the game. And then against he the United some, States, he made some big saves. Some too. big saves in that Canada game. Yeah. Like, I remember, awesome. like, being there, you know, I was like, yeah, like, it's a like, nice save, whatever. Right. And you watch the highlight of it, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, he just stepped, like, all the way across the crease. Like, yeah, that is a totally, insane. man. I thought he was the MVP. And then the whole Russia thing. A couple guys from Russia are really good. But, man. I thought they were weak this year. Exceptionally were, yeah. weak. They are big, though. They were big and yeah. physical. I thought they were, I honestly thought they were going to beat the States. Bunch of Russian guys. In that semifinal. But the captain, I mean, Kostin, Kostin, or whatever his yeah, name was. Something like that was not safe to say that people in Vancouver were not fans of him. Um, just kind of immature and stuff. But young kids, I guess, emotions get the best yeah. of them. Well, I think I, I saw it on TSN, too. Is They were like, well, you know, it is the World Juniors. You see one kid freak out every year, whether mm-hmm. it's someone tossing their medal in the crowd or, well, like this guy not posing for pictures. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, not Danny Heatley tweeted that. And then he said... Uh, Oh, that's everyone gets oh, yeah. mad. Everyone gets mad also yeah. when they don't get ranch with their pizza. <laughs> but, yeah. Should we go to the next thing or what? Yeah, let's do it. National Hockey League? National Hockey League. Should we go surprises? Teams yeah. that have su- yeah, surprised you so far? Surprises and disappointments. Disappointments, yeah. Do you want first, first? Yeah. Do you want to, I'll do disappointments. Okay, yeah. Lead off with disappointments. So, my biggest disappointment so far has been uh, the Edmonton Oilers, of course. Hmm. I think it's all of Canada's disappointment. And, uh, you know, people are calling for Connor McDavid to leave Edmonton right now. I don't know how. <laughs> you can't just say that. That's, right. like, unpopular opinion. Right. But, uh, you know, last night he played in, in uh, San Jose with Jajar Kyra, a former Prince George Bruce King, and Zach Cassian, also a former – did he play in the Western Hockey League? I'm not sure. He only played in the World Junior Team in 2011, though, and he was a truck. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, played with Zach Cassian and Jajar Kyra. Hmm. And um, – how does that even happen? Yeah. That's a fourth. Those are fourth liners right there. Totally. He did not play in the Western Hockey. He played in the OHL. OHL. Played with the Windsor Spitfires and the infamous Peterborough Peets. Peterborough Peets. Racking up. Wow, look at this. Is, this is crazy. 136 pims, 61 games. Wow. But he also put up 63 points that season. Oh. Swiss Army Knife, that guy that is. That guy, something in junior. Brad Marchand of junior hockey. I would be scared to play against that guy in junior. Yeah. So... Yeah. Anyways, yeah, Oilers' big disappointment. Um, my biggest surprise probably is uh, the Calgary Flames. I think you're, yours as well, Cole? Um, yeah, they are so far. That, that's my surprise for sure as well. Because they fired, when did they fire their coach? They fired him in the summer, They they and then they hired Bill Peters. Um, who I didn't like initially. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, yeah. Who did he coach Carolina before? Yeah. And it wasn't like he was okay, like, I'm not that good. But he seems to be a good fit in Calgary now. Totally, and I mean, they made, you know, once they hired Peters, they made that trade um, for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. Yeah, great and trade. Hannafin plays in the top pairing with Giordano. Lindholm's on the top line with Monaghan, Gaudreau, arguably the best line in the NHL right now. Gaudreau has something silly. I think it's 15 points in his last five games. Um, he's absolutely unreal. So Calgary's kind of my uh, surprise as well. I think what they need to fix, though, is their goaltending. I'm not sure if Mike Smith's time is limited because he's really struggled. 
Mm-hmm. Riddick kind of been the guy lately. Um, yes. So I'm not sure, man, if they make a trade for Mike Smith or not. Jonathan Quick's a very good candidate. LA's really struggled. Yeah, they're not my surprise. They're not my disappointment though. My disappointment, um, the St. Louis Blues. They've really struggled. I'm surprised because they made a lot of accusations. Acquisitions in the offseason. How about Tarasenko? He's really struggled. He's starting to get a little bit better, but not like Tarasenko of, of usual. I honestly got close to dropping in my hockey pool about three different times. Yeah. And they have, who else? Ryan O'Reilly. They got Ryan O'Reilly yeah, Ryan in a O'Reilly. trade. That guy is an absolute veteran in the world championships, though, each okay. summer. But nonetheless, I don't know. They've really struggled. I thought they were going to be a lot better. So They're currently in the basement of the Central right now. Just uh, put it in perspective here with Mike Smith. He's uh, he's getting paid five point six million dollars this year. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money considering he's not a like defined starter. Like right. he's good, right? He was unreal in Arizona, mm. but uh, playing for not that good of a team either. In Arizona. Yeah, no, yeah. So I don't know what is really happening in Calgary, but anyways, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think they got to figure something. I'm not sure. If he's they, done after this year. Um, free agent at the end of the year. I think so. I, looking on cap friendly right now. Um, What's quick? What's quick's? Yeah, he's a UFA this year. Does the Smith is? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because he signed June thirtieth, twenty thirteen, for six years. Right. So he's UFA. So maybe they trade. Actually, that that might be it makes sense. That's trade, appetizing, right? You know, because he's going to sign for a lot less. Hmm. But uh, yeah, a good rental maybe for a team that needs a goalie more than Calgary because right, they need one. They need they, you need two good goalies if you're going to go in the playoffs. Riddick is good though. He's I don't know. Unreal. Where did that guy come from? I'm not sure. He's 14 and four. I want to I want to say he got acquired in a trade or if he got drafted. I should know this since I yeah like to say that I cheer for him quite a bit. So, but no, yeah, Riddick's unreal man. He's been the guy. He's probably going to play again tonight. Um, so that's a good hockey. It's a good hockey club. They're the top of the league right or top of the conference right now. I should say couple points behind Tampa Bay, who is the best team in the league, statistically. Statistically. Yeah, yeah Riddick, dying 21 save percentage. Yeah, that's... Disgusting. It's a good freaking goaltender right there. So. In the NHL, that's disgusting. Absolutely. They're, they're a good team. I think they're going to do some damage in the playoffs, especially if they make some acquisitions. Um, going in towards the deadline. They're pretty deep, though. Like, forwards and D-men. Seem all right. They haven't really... Me. Knock on wood, they haven't seen the injury bug yet. Right. Really that bad, so... Yeah, they're good. They're looking really good. I mean, the, the Oilers have lots of guys out. Like, yeah, Clefbaum, and then Russell was out for a while. I, I just dropped Clefbaum. Fantasy couldn't handle it. Well, he's on the IR. He's never played yeah. until like March. Yeah. Anyways, that being said, our listeners probably big fans of the Vancouver Canucks. Mm. Elias Pettersson placed on the IR today. Yep. Um, that's a big loss. He skated today, though. I heard. So I don't know why he's not going to be out for that long. No, they said sprained, sprained MCL, and they're all people are saying that this Kokaniemi guy, like, Kokaniemi, they said plays he, for Montreal. Yeah. He said he took him down and stuff. No, I watched it, man. They, they got tangled up. They got tangled up and fell over. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, the Canucks though, not bad, not bad. I like the way they deal Anders Nielsen. No, free up some salary. That Dr. was no. Demko. Yeah, we'll see how Demko does it. He hasn't really. He hasn't played a game yet. No, he didn't. But they practice. tonight. They play tonight, do they? I'm pretty sure. They no, play they play tonight. tomorrow. They okay. play Thursday night against actually the Arizona Coyotes at the Rogers Arena. The first game since the World Juniors. Should um, be a good one. Rewinding back to the Oilers, they made a trade about a week ago. A good PG kid. This shook the PG world. Well, this did it. shake the PG world, and he's also a Sea Lion. Um, he's played a game with them. He's got our, one of our player of the games. Good friend of the podcast. Yeah, good friend of the podcast. Well, he Brandon. hasn't been on yet, but he 
Well, Hopefully he's heard of it. Yeah. Brandon Manning uh, dealt from Chicago to the Edmonton Oilers. For people who aren't sure, Manning was the one who took down Connor McDavid a few years back and actually ended up breaking his collarbone. Uh, McDavid came back and they, you know, they jawed at each other quite a bit. Yep. But now it seems like yeah, the, Lucic did not. Lucic hated him too. Not a fan of him. Yeah. But that I guess they put that to the side. The dust has settled. And now Manning's the one, be the one protecting McDavid now, I guess, for the rest of the year. Well, he's only played three games, been mm. a healthy scratch at least twice. Mm. Uh, minus three in three games. I mean, minus three in three games is bad considering he's playing for the Oilers, mm. who have not been good recently. Mm. But uh, I don't know. Good NHL guy. He's proven. Um, good PG guy. Obviously, played for the Prince George Bruce Kings. Um, racked up the Pims in that league. 107 and 56 games wow. in a league that doesn't allow fighting anymore, really. What about you played in Chilliwack too, right? Chilliwack also Bruins. played for the Chilliwack Bruins, who are no more, and uh, uh, put up over 130 pims, well, 100, at least 129 pims in each of his three seasons there. Wow. Good for him. Consistency. That is consistency at its finest, while racking up good points. Hmm. So... I don't know. He hasn't really found a stride yet in the NHL. I don't no. Think. I mean, he had some good seasons with Philly. Not too bad. I mean, 17-18 uh, was a good one. 16-17, not a terrible one. But, uh, yeah, he was with Chicago. I don't know. I don't know how he fits in in Edmonton. We'll see. Hopefully he doesn't get sent to Bakersfield in the NHL. I, that's, there's some guys that are playing for the Oilers right now in the names of Kevin Gravel, who should uh, – Get sent down before him. <laughs> there's not many players like what's like Manning. No, you know, like there's a not gritty many guy. There's not many gritty guys. No, there's, the only thing that's more gritty than Manning is probably the mascot in Philly. Oh, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but no, I think he's been awesome. I think he's, yeah, he hasn't found a stride, I guess. But you know, it seems like that breed of the grittiness is kind of dying down in hockey. Um, so Teams hopefully he that. stays. Absolutely, like Ryan Reeves in Vegas is perfect. Do you see that tilt last night? I did with Adam McQuaid. Oh that my was, god, that was a big boy fight right there. That's heavyweights. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm happy for Brandon. He's probably happy. His family's probably happy that he's back in Canada, a little bit closer to home. Yeah. So uh, good for good for Brandon. And the biggest part I'm worried about. Biggest part I'm worried about is uh, you know a big Oilers fan. Go Oilers. Um, <laughs> When they come to Vancouver in mid-January, which I, I honestly want to go see, right? I'm a little worried now. The price of tickets might be a little higher because yeah. all of Prince George is going to come on and watch this guy. That's true. Because he fan. played on Philly, right? They only come here once a year. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little worried. Like, <coughs> I don't know if Brandon Manning's listening. Uh, Sauce me some tickets. Uh, <laughs> DM our page. <laughs> but, uh, no, true. honestly, um, Price of tickets might go up. Yeah. Brandon Manning, an Edmonton Oiler. Next. I mean, okay. So our, our Twitter uh, followers voted against this. It wasn't, it was pretty close. Yeah. But uh, I think we got to talk about it anyways. Okay. The man, the myth, the legend, Chris Harrison, and <laughs> the infamous show, The Bachelor. Of course, The Bachelor. Who doesn't watch that show? <laughs> Even if you're a guy, you know what? Your girlfriend, your significant other, whoever, your mom might drag you in to watch this show once in a while. Um, honestly, it's it's entertainment. Oh, I. Do you believe that Colton is a virgin? No, there's no way. He's a two-time All-American football player. Played in the, play the NFL. League. Yeah, I mean, the easy answer is no, but like from a naked eye, it seems like he he has. Like, I think he has, but 
Honestly, how I like this? It look. I don't know. I think it's pretty like it'd be pretty sad, maybe embarrassing to admit that as a guy. Yeah. Honestly, in today's society, and it's 2019. Uh, oh, it's 2019. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, how much are they paying him to say that he is a virgin? I don't know. Hopefully, I'm uh, assuming a heavy dose of of cash. The thing I'm most mad about, though, is uh, after the first episode, um, if you haven't watched it, uh, a girl rolls up out of the limo dressed in a sloth costume and uh, plays the sloth part all until she has this one-on-one conversation with Colton later on in the episode, which then she reveals herself. She takes off the sloth costume. And underneath the sloth costume, it's a nice, beautiful lady, and uh, she gets voted off the island on the first show. That's tough. She gets booted for the mansion. It's such, a, it's such a weird show, man. Like, I like apparently the first episode was three hours long. Three hours long? Do you I, watch the whole thing? No, I watched twenty minutes of when I got home from a hockey game, and See, I went to go watch, and I was I like I saw everything I knew. I knew everything. You knew uh, I to know. you lack some dedication because I watched the whole three hours. Wow, it was gripping. It was, <coughs> yeah, I, I was know. on the edge of my seat the whole time. I'm happy. What's her name is still in there, Catherine. Just makes good TV. I think it's the one reason why she's still Catherine. there. What she, a name! She's the one who like uh, yeah interrupted a bunch of times, yeah, or something. five times, five times. Yeah, guarantee they told her to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I can see why people like it though. It's like everyone eats up the yeah. garbage TV, right? So honestly, we're going to be giving a weekly bachelor update. So I hope you're ready for this every <laughs> podcast, whether you like it or not. You can hit, you can skip past you it. Can, you can fast forward to this but. part. Strongly encourage you to listen. You never know what we're going to say. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if Cole, Cole, if you were The Bachelor, mm. yeah, um, who would you give the first rose to there? Oh, Miss Al. I think you're, okay. Oh. For people who are dedicated fans that watch The Bachelor, I don't know if I get this right. Hannah B., I think her name is. She is just the whole package. Uh, good smile. Just, just good everything. Seems like a, a treat to be around. Big Bama girl. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's Miss Alabama. I think that's the same person, Hannah B. Miss Alabama. Well, there's just so many. There's thirty. Of there's them, so. so there's a bunch of like Miss States, like a bunch of states, Miss Miss Nebraska, Miss Ohio. Yeah, they were talking about it on the show. Is um, one of them like a couple of them competed against each other in yeah. competition and beat each other? Like the one chick beat really? another one in competition. Hmm. The early beef. Interesting. Anyways, okay, yeah. moving back on to sports. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk about uh, your favorite major midget hockey team. Oh. The best major midget league hockey team of all time. Northeast Chiefs, um, these guys did some damage at the Max tournament. Um, a lot of people didn't have these guys penciled in to go anywhere after the round robin. They proved a bunch of people wrong. So this is what happened. They play, they they lose their first game against Okotoks. Six rip. They got thumped. Yikes. Tough loss. Then the next day they play the feature game against the host, Calgary Buffaloes. They went to Cowboys, and then they're all better. Exactly. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> and then <laughs> second game, yeah, they play the, they play the Buffs. Get this, they win 8-6 in Taylor the Taylor Gauthier's former major midget team. Goaltender for your Prince George Cougars. They, they need Taylor Gauthier back if yeah. they lost like that. Exactly. So, yeah, 8-6 final. They win that game. Then they play St. Albert. They come back from – I'm not sure the exact score was – they came back and won 4-3. I want to say they're down 3 nothing, and they came back and won 4-3. So now they're 2-1. and one. They're looking good. A win, and they're in the quarterfinal. They play Regina. They were up 4-3 with a couple seconds left. Regina ties it up late. Chiefs have a couple chances at the end. They tie. So originally we think they're out because their goal is 4-against. They're just terrible. But 
the tiebreaker apparently that comes before goals for and against is if you beat the team that won the group, you move on. <laughs> so St. Albert won the group, and the Chiefs beat St. Albert. So they put them that See, put them in the quarterfinals. They found some sort of loophole to get in. They drew the long straw. Exactly. And they had the same record as the Caribou Cougars. Who didn't make it. Who didn't make it. And they didn't beat the, the group winner, but wow. they had a way better goals against <laughs> goals for and against than we did. So, nonetheless, we're in, and we play New York in the quarterfinal. The New York Junior Islanders, they're called. Chiefs had a 3 nothing lead, and they lost 4-3. Beat the Brooklyn boys, eh? They Can't lost beat the yeah. Brooklyn boys. And then get this, Caden Fanshawe. St. Albert wins the Max Tournament. The team that they beat. They lost. St. Albert lost one game, all tournament. Guess to who? Your Vancouver Northeast Chiefs. So if there's something to build off, that's got to be something. Um, the outdoor game's coming up soon, next weekend to be exact. I'm going to be at Prince George next week, so we'll actually be doing the podcast. I'll be doing the podcast from home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but nonetheless, back to the Chiefs. They're destined for a big run here in the second half, looking to, to take all the marbles and their goal is to go to the Talos Cup. Let's see what happens. Yeah, faithful uh, podcast listener Sheldon Bjorklin. Um, Cole is looking for some uh, 14 James hospitality and some Bannock. So uh, if you want to <laughs> bake him some of that, show him some hospitality, I'm sure he'd be open to that while he is in the, the realm of uh, F.S. James. I'm a huge, huge Bannock guy. Yeah. I love when the you know the fast pitch tournaments are around PG. I love one of those things and. I'd never not get Bannock. Honestly, it's the best the best part of some ball tournaments. Honestly. Watching you, Cole, play baseball, that Bannock is the best part of the tournament. <laughs> oh, Bannock. What a, what a treat. Back to uh, junior hockey, though. I just want to mention some of the crazy trades oh in my the God. Ontario Hockey League. They're so dumb. Like, what was it? At the start of the year, someone got traded for seven players. The, Six graphics and a player. The part that is the craziest to me is I don't know if there's a single player that played for Canada in the World Juniors that plays in the OHL that has not been traded. Honestly, didn't Tippett Tippett got traded right after the World Juniors? Tippett got traded. Di Pietro got traded. Stanika got traded. Really? Uh, Suzuki got traded. They all got traded. <laughs> it makes I don't know, man. OHL is the craziest league for trades in junior hockey. I don't think it's close. Well, the Western Hockey League had won today. Joel Hoffer, St. Louis Blues prospect, uh, goaltender in a swift current Broncos. Um, not doing too hot this season. But anyways, um, he's a good good goaltender. And he gets sent to Portland for six picks. And that's about as crazy that's, as it gets. pretty big. Didn't the Gooley trade was pretty big when the Cougars got Gooley a couple oh, years back? Bad. Big trade. That was Same big as trade. Chalosky trade. Chalosky, Cougars traded yeah. Chalosky to Portland. That was a pretty big one, too. But uh, I read a tweet. I'm like, hey, I gotta find it. But Portland doesn't have a like a first or second round pick for like the next two or three years. Is that what it is? You win some, you lose some. You yeah. win some. Yeah, because well, they gave up. I think they gave up last year's to the Cougars for Chaloski. Right. I think they give up a second round this year for Chaloski again. And then there's uh, some first and second rounds involved in this one as well. Right. So there's a whole lot of picks flying around that Portland doesn't have. Although, although Portland somehow manages to pick up these weird U.S. guys who come out of nowhere yeah. and light up the league. Interesting. What Always. Victoria made a trade. Dante Hanoon. Oh, yeah. He sent to PA. To PA. And PA has Ian Scott. Or Cody McDonald, former Prince George Cougar, headed west. 
Right. Back to the, 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 the Vic. Vic City. <laughs> Back to the Western Conference. Back to the land of Marlon Martins. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Really good guy. That Prince Albert team now is just stacked. Where's Swift current now in the center? Are they still in the basement? Well, they are in the basement with Kootenai right now. So we Kootenai need, and P, uh, Swift current both have eight wins. So we need Swift to finish last so the Cougars can get what's his it name? It is a lottery, though. It's a lottery. We'll get to get Savoy, ones. yeah. So they're they're looking good regardless. Oh, Savoy right now. Um, I think he has fifty six points in uh, twenty three games. It's insanity in a midget league, like or in a yeah in a midget league. Yeah, he should be age. a bantam player. He's fourteen years old. He got exceptional. Well, I don't know if it has a come out. I don't know. They they announced that he got applied that he applied for like a month ago. Honestly, if this guy comes to Prince George, it's like... Oh, he's going to be the face of the town. No matter where he goes, he changes the Western Hockey League. Absolutely. Western Hockey League hasn't had a Connor McDavid yet. This is the first Western Leaguer potentially to get exceptional status. Yeah. Look out for him and Team Canada here coming up. Yeah, I'm kidding. Jesus. So he could play on the World Junior Team as a 15-year-old because he has exceptional status? I don't think he will, though. No. 16, yeah. 16. Connor, when did Connor McDavid play? He 16? played in 16 and 17. Yeah, that, I'd say... See that makes the most thing. sense. I've never yeah. seen a 15 year old before ever in the world juniors, but yeah, interesting. Nonetheless, PG yeah. Cougars looking good right now. Teo Goche, his first, uh, so all second shutout of his career, um, second shutout this season, I believe. I honestly very unsure about that. I yeah, unless the dub network right here, he knows it all. I tweeted it out last night. I can't yeah. remember what he said. Um, but anyways, Cougars, no, they've won back to back games. First time in a while they've done that after a dismal December. Hmm. But you know what? They they're off the shine now. They've been playing good hockey of late, so maybe twenty nineteen is going to be a better year. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, I love when the Cougars win because nothing is. Yeah. I love when the CN Center is electric. Um, but yeah, they look good. I mean, you never really. S- Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost – you don't really usually see them win in the States on stage no, trips. No, no, or no. Or like a losing record on that trip. Tough. So well, nice to see them win in Kennewick against Tri-Cities the other night. Seattle's bad. Seattle struggled this year, only like so, 14 wins or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, also Spruce Kings. Um, can throw in a bit about them here. They're tied for the top in the league. With Chilliwack? With Chilliwack. Chilliwack has two games in hand, though. Hmm. So – yeah, Spruce the Kings, Kings have lost a couple games in a row. No? Yeah, mm-hmm. tough, tough late. <coughs> but, uh, they're uh, they're they're going to be good in the playoffs. They got a lot of experience here. They have a lot of experience. So. I love watching Ben Brar play hockey. I'm a big fan of the way he plays. Honestly, I hope they play against some lower mainland team that I can go and watch because mm-hmm. I won't be in PG. I'll be here. Right. Um, but uh, interesting. Yeah. Should we head to our interview with Stephen Ellis? Yeah, let's head. We talked to Steven about uh, strength able the World Junior Hockey Championship. Uh, good interview with him. Uh, nice to give him a, a chat. He's a freelance uh, hockey analyst. This is Cole's connection, by the way. This is my connection, yeah. I just found him on Twitter, messaged him, and he said, yeah, sure, let's do it. He's on CTV all the time in Toronto talking sports. So. Not a big deal. So, yeah, pretty good. So we'll talk to Steven Ellis. All right, we are joined by Stephen Ellis. Stephen, a freelance uh, hockey analyst. Uh, he was awesome throughout the World Juniors and the Spangler Cup as well uh, throughout the entire break. So thank you, Stephen, for taking the time to, to talk to us. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me on. So let's go to the first question. I mean, this World Junior Tournament was a, a pretty crazy one in Vancouver. Canada loses in the in the quarterfinal. 
Um, just your thoughts, I guess, on Canada's run like, throughout the World Junior Hockey Championship, just from, from your perspective. Every year when you look at uh, Team Canada when they don't do well or they don't win or even after they announce their initial roster, there's always a lot of questions like around, did they bring the right team? Did they bring the right players? And honestly, I think if you saw the general reaction, and like at least with my reaction, I thought they'd take the best team possible. There wasn't really many guys that were kind of like, oh, well, maybe Canada should have picked them. And I thought that was a pretty strong team. And you know what? They, they played pretty well throughout the tournament. And I think part of the problem is when Canada does lose, there's always the questions of maybe Canada's schedule kind of sucks. Maybe the fact that they start the tournament with Denmark and Switzerland, who kind of wasn't at their full pace yet, is not the way they should start the tournament. And uh, in reality, they lost to the team that won the championship, and they lost to the team that came third place. So those are some pretty important, or pretty big teams to lose to. But uh, and again, like Canada played a great tournament can't really ask much for them like let's not forget they were winning the final the quarterfinal game with 46 seconds left and all of a sudden we got one of the most fluky goals you'll ever see in the tournament so mm-hmm. overall i still think canada had a good tournament you know like they had great goaltending their defense was the biggest concern but even then for the most part they did a good job uh and they scored a lot of goals like a lot of people were saying this was canada's worst offensive team at the world juniors in 20 years but in reality that's not even close to the case uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it was a tough result for them. They played well, but they just kind of ran into a really tough finish team. So, uh, you know, be, well, Cole was at every game in Vancouver. I kind of watched uh, every one on TSN, minus the one that Canada lost as actually in attendance for. But uh, what, uh, is there any players that stood out, like, bad or good for Canada specifically? Well, the one guy that will get a lot of flack for his performance in the tournament was Maxine Comtois, and I think a lot of it has to be with the fact that he was uh, shown to be diving in a few cases, but at the same time, you know, he didn't get caught in a lot of the cases, so the fact that he actually drew some penalties was an important thing, but he also did have uh, six points in the tournament, and yes, four of them did come in the first game against Denmark, but I still think he was one of the more consistent players throughout the tournament. Heading into the tournament, he was definitely the best player for Canada in uh, pre-tournament action. So, uh, you know what? Uh, had he scored that goal in the shootout, no one's giving him the crap like he ended up getting after the tournament. I think that wasn't even a discussion. So, uh, I was impressed with his performance. He's going to be a really good player in the NHL someday. And uh, the fact that he was injured definitely kind of was noticeable, I think, when you when you look back at it at that point. But uh, a guy that I was really impressed with, and again, everyone's going to say, they were impressed with was Morgan Frost because that's a guy that just man on the power play. If, if the Philadelphia Flyers get to use him in the future on the power play, he's going to score a lot of goals that uh, that role. So uh, he was a very good player to watch. I really liked seeing uh, Cody Glass. I thought he was probably Canada's most consistent player every game. You know, you could always expect him to make a great play. And again, you couldn't go wrong with Michael DiPietro playing. Like that was a hard decision to not have Ian Scott go the entire way. But when you look at it. Michael DiPietro is one of the best goalies in the CHL. And, uh, the fact is, he's been good throughout his entire career while Ian Scott is kind of running a one-year hot streak. So I think that was the right decision to go with, and he played well. I don't think it was his fault. Neither of the goals that ended up uh, getting Phil to win there. You mentioned earlier about the whole Comtois. He gets a penalty shot. No one's saying anything. At the moment, though, would you would you have shot Comtois on that penalty shot, or would you have gone with someone uh, someone different? 
it, again, that's a tough thing. Tom Tolis actually, uh, in, in my opinion, was one of the better players in that game. He had a couple of good scoring chances. You know, he's physical. He's your captain. He's the guy you need to be leaning on. Right. Um, and that is a question of how much the team Canada's coaching staff actually know about his injury heading into that shot. Was they Were they aware that he was definitely facing some injuries that would prevent him from getting a good shot away? Because we saw that was probably one of the worst attempts you could have asked for. But that guy had, or Comfort had a really good career on the shootout. So like you, you could rely on him. But when you look at it, like Morgan Frost seemed to be scoring at will. Even Jack Stanita seemed to be like not missing many opportunities. But... Again, like at the same time, if he scores, it, no one's talking about the dies in the tournament. No one's talking about any of those other mistakes. And at the same time, it, it, people are blaming him for that loss. The fact is, Canada did not score more goals than Finland. That's as simple as that. Do you think that, uh, like, Tim Hunter, you know, was a good coach for Canada? Like, what's your stance on him? Because me and Cole talked a little bit earlier about Canada not practicing. Uh, their power play, aside from the game against Denmark, wasn't really like su- like su- it wasn't succeeding. It wasn't coming through. Um, like, what's your take on that? From what you've seen? Yeah, I've always been known to be a guy who's not as hard on the coaches uh, because, in reality, we like these players are the ones who are playing the games, and they're the ones who like if if someone makes it a mistake in the defensive zone, that's not Tim Hunter doing that. Uh, but again, there were questions of player usage. Why was Morgan Frost not used in the end of that game against Finland when he had been such a good player? Why were some other key players not getting used? So there was definitely the questions, but I think, you know, if you, you look into that tournament, they seemed to be doing pretty well. Power play wasn't definitely a problem at points, but that also isn't kind of like a new thing for Canada, the World Juniors. We've seen that be the case in the past, and uh, it seemed like they took even less penalties than usual, so that's actually a good sign, but, uh, you know, with I, I, I don't know what else to kind of say on that. It's just kind of like, yes, there were some definitely some bad coaching mistakes, but a Canada won that game. Again, no one's talking about the coaching mistakes of Tim Hunter at any point. That's that's how I look at it. I want to talk about some of the other teams around this World Junior Tournament. I want to start with the Czech Republic because this team was supposed to be an underdog coming in, a dark horse to you know do some damage, and, and they really didn't. They didn't. They you know they almost made the relegation game because if Denmark would have beat them, but. Um, you know, they had a couple of studs with Nikas and, and Zadina. What do you think happened there with, with the Czech Republic? Well, the fact, like, I, I wrote uh, about the Czech Republic before the tournament. I thought the Czechs would actually be, again, like you, you said, dark horse. That's definitely a great way of putting it. But this is a team that almost always seems to find a way to come fifth or sixth. And this was a good opportunity for them to bring one of the better teams they've had in the past. And... The kind of the shocking thing was that Jacob Skarek never started a game. He was the guy everyone expected to be uh, one of the top goalies in the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. And Lucas Dosto obviously had a good tournament, so I guess you can't say anything about the goaltending. Um, the defense, I think, was definitely kind of miserable at points. You know, Philip Kroll, a guy I was really looking forward to see. I've seen him play a few tournaments and was impressed, and I thought he was a big letdown. Uh, they weren't blocking shots. They weren't really kind of, they were struggling to get the puck out of their own zone. and seemed like the only way they could actually score like, like the goals they scored uh, against the Russians on the power play in a 2-1 game they allowed two short-handed goals and scored one power play goal and it was like a fluke shot where the puck hit the guy in front of the net in, its, in the face flew over the Russian goaltender and they had like a total fluke goal so the fact was they weren't scoring the fact that most of those top players on that team could not score I think is extremely noteworthy 
Philip Zadina doesn't score a single goal, and this is a guy that last year couldn't be stopped. Him and Martin Etchaz played fantastic, and they could not convert in this tournament. So when your key guys, the ones who are playing well in the AHL, go to this tournament and can't do anything, that just seemed very odd to me. And uh, This was kind of a disappointing year for the Czechs because there were a lot of people who were really convinced this could have been their best chance at a medal in 20 years. How big do you think the... Uh the whole NHL teams letting their players go back to play the World Juniors. How big do you think that impacts the tournament? Like, obviously, Michael Rasmussen playing with Detroit didn't come back and play with Canada. Um, there are some other ones that didn't come back and play for their countries as well. Uh, do you think if the NHL teams let all of their players come back that were eligible, other than some uh, stars like Connor McDavid, who obviously should never play in the tournament ever again, um, do you think that would make the tournament better or less, com- like, Where's your stance on that? That would definitely make it add more validity to the fact that this is supposed to be a best-on-best for junior players. Um, And, you know, I think that would actually impact some of the smaller nations more than it would impact Canada. Because I know a lot of people were blaming the fact that Canada didn't get a few of their key players like Rob Thomas and Rasmussen and Formington got hurt, and they didn't get to use those guys. But look at Switzerland. They had a great tournament. They finished fourth place. And they did it while Nico Hiche was still eligible to play in this tournament. Imagine how many goals they would have scored if they had Hiche, who's playing great with New Jersey, if they had him in that tournament. So I, I, I think, honestly, one of the reasons why Finland even won the whole thing was because they did get three key players from the NHL. Um, and even though Eli Tolvanen didn't kind of play to the, the standards everyone expected, the fact was he definitely made the team better. He put his team in some scoring situations, and he was very vital to the team winning gold in the end with his play in the last few games. But um, when you look at the, like, Canada can replace a guy like Robert Thomas or a guy like Rasmussen, but Switzerland has a harder time finding a replacement for Nico Hiche. So, yes, I would love to see all these players go, but I also think it would be kind of silly to force the NHL teams to make them go. Like, uh, we saw Cockney playing pretty well in Montreal. Why would they, when they're still trying to make the playoffs, let him go and play in a tournament like this? That means nothing and can result in an injury as we are seeing some pretty key players actually leave the tournament with injuries. Uh, Simon LeCouture was one of the best players for Switzerland and his junior career is over due to injury he had in that tournament. So, I don't see why there would be any reason for the teams to do it. Would I like to see it? Absolutely, 100%. Just like I would have loved to see all the NHLers at the Olympics. However, I will argue to the grave that the 2018 Olympics had some of the best men's hockey we've ever seen in that tournament. 100% agree. Yep. I would uh, say the same, yeah. I want to talk about the champion, the champions, Finland, because this country has been absolutely on the rise. Three in the last six years. They're producing a lot of players. I feel like there's almost seems like there's a Finnish player in every NHL team now. But Steve, can you just talk about this Finnish team? They seem to to have it all from the goaltending and Lukanen all the way up from their defense to their forwards. Uh, a really good team uh, in this tournament, and you know they ended up winning the entire the entire thing. Yeah, this is a Finnish team that a lot of these players that were on this team were key members of the under eighteen team that won gold against the Americans back in April. And uh, the fact that they have so much talent coming each year is huge. They are one of the hardest teams on the planet to predict. You know, last year losing to the Czech Republic was a big deal, and all of a sudden they win gold this year. And it seems like every time they win gold, the next year they're either fighting in the relegation round or just getting eliminated in the quarterfinals. So there's no kind of like in between. There's no like come first, comes back in the next year. It's always the best to the worst. 
and it's very strange when that happens. But the fact is, Finland is looking really good for the future right now. Actually, the under-16 team for the Finns have won all nine games they've played this year, and a lot of them in convincing domination fashion. They've got a lot of really talented players coming up, and let's not forget, it, it wasn't that long ago that Finland seemed to only be known for their great goaltending prodigies. Now we're looking at, wow, they can, they had some of the best depth of the World Juniors, and a lot of those guys can come back, and obviously we're not going to likely see Capocacco come back, but they, <laughs> we also thought that last year of Philip Zadina, and obviously he did return, but the fact that Finland has so much depth now and are only looking better over the next couple of years. That's a really good sign now for the Finns, and uh, they're definitely a hockey powerhouse when you see how they've kind of done so well at every level of international hockey over the last few years. Um, the next question I have, <laughs> this goes into the Swiss-Russia game in the round robin with the whole two-penalty shot fiasco. Have you ever seen anything like that, and did you were you aware of the rule when it happened? It's funny. Uh, I, I, I knew that there, that that was supposed to happen, but I had never seen it enforced in a level of hockey like that. That did actually happen to me in a hockey game uh, <laughs> once, but again, I played house league, so that's a totally <laughs> different type of thing. But it actually resulted in me getting two penalty shots, um, but uh, I didn't score any of them. But it, it, that was a rule that, you know, definitely no one kind of knew what the deal was. The refs kind of were confused. Uh, obviously, the broadcasters didn't know. That's a thing that you would have never expected to see. But under the IHF rules, that is the case. And uh, it was still a bit of confusion. Is If they scored, would they get a second shot? And that's the part I think no one truly knew. Um, because how could they have scored two goals at the exact same time in the game? Right. That wouldn't make any sense. So, yeah, the rule, I, I knew there was a two penalty shot, but I didn't know that what would happen if the goal was scored on the first opportunity and obviously both goal or both shots actually didn't even hit the net so didn't really matter in the end but a strange moment but a hilarious moment definitely one of the more memorable ones and then another th- I want to talk about this last thing for me anyways is about this American team Jack and Quinn Hughes I thought when I when I watched them the two set the two uh, semifinal and the final I thought they were the two best players on the ice for both games um, what is it like watching them you know I guess through a different screen, a different lens, they seem to, you know, control the play. They seem like they could do whatever they want. And a specific thing about Quinn Hughes, I see so much Scott Niedermeyer in that guy when he plays. Yeah, and with, uh, like, we're starting with Jack Hughes. Like, he, I've watched him play basically for the last almost four or five years. I got to watch him back when he played in the GTHL and was basically just demolishing everybody else in minor midget. He played two seasons in minor midget and actually has one of the all-time best seasons in that level um, with the Toronto Marlboros, which had a very stacked lineup. And um, just seeing kind of how he's progressed. And uh, I've talked to some of his coaches that he's worked with. And it just, that's, that kid has so much talent, but also so much drive and will to get better. He will, at some point, he'll visibly be upset about a play he made that was bad. But then he won't use that to kind of, or he'll use that to his advantage. It won't kind of take him out of the play or he won't get upset 
bad and take some bad penalties. He'll use a mistake and go out there and score on the next shift. There's so much to like about him. And Quinn Hughes, obviously one of the best uh, defensemen in that tournament. Uh, a lot of people kind of expect him to kind of drive a bit more offense, but uh, you couldn't have asked for a much better performance out of him. Quinn Hughes is going to be a great defenseman if he does make the Vancouver Canucks, which obviously is expected. Uh, and then there was the, the stories about how he turned down a deal from the Canucks to play after the World Juniors with them, but he wants to go finish the year in the NCAA. Definitely the right decision. Um, assuming we get to see Americans playing, or NHLers play in the next Olympics, we're going to see two Hugheses on the, or Hughes on uh, the United States. That'll be really fun. And I still think that the third Hughes, Luke Hughes, could be one of, could even be better than Quinn coming up. And he's a minor major prospect for the OHL draft this year. So, uh, a talented family, so much skill, so much two-way presence. Uh, you, you could kind of switch them, put one on defense, put one on forward, and you would actually not really notice much difference between the two players. That's kind of how I look at it. And the last thing before I let you go, Stephen, this uh, next year's World Juniors, pretty crazy pools for, for Team Canada. I think it's the first time I've ever seen it, that Canada, Russia, and the United States are scheduled to be in the same pool. Um, I guess it's kind of an early thing to predict, but how do you think you know that pool could potentially play out next year over in the Czech Republic? Well, that's going to be a very fun uh, tournament for sure. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about the fact that USA, Russia, and Canada are going to do really well. Uh, the Czech Republic, that one's going to be a total wild card. But I think the team everyone should really be watching, in all seriousness, is actually Germany. Because they've got a couple of very talented up-and-coming NHL prospects, a couple of really young guys that could play this tournament for the next couple of t- uh, years, which means we may see the Germans pulling off an upset against the Czech Republic or even Russia. Cause it seems like Russia will play a team that's lower than them and not put their full effort out every time. We've seen that at the men's tournaments too, but uh, Germany is going to be a team to really watch out for. But I think they're the best team to to kind of get promoted at this tournament in a very, very long time. Um, and that's very exciting to see what they're going to do. But again, it's it's early, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of the Americans. They had a really good under-18 team uh, last year, and a lot of those guys will be on the team again. And obviously we won't see Jack Hughes back, and that's definitely a bummer. But I, I think there's still enough talent to kind of make up for it for sure. And uh, Canada's got another good team. You know, this is maybe not the, the best time for them for uh, OHL or even QMJHL prospects coming up, but there's a lot of guys coming from the WHL that's going to make that fun. And, uh, again, Russia, you literally have no idea how to predict that team anytime, any tournament they play in. But they do have a goalie, Yaroslav Askarov. If he makes the team next year, watch out. I think he could be one of the best European goalies since Andre Vasilevsky. He's basically dominated every single tournament he's played for Russia. He's eligible to play next year in the juniors. If he plays, Russia is going to be a huge team to beat. But it's going to be a lot of goal scoring, a lot of physical games. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, no, I was going to say, uh, yeah, the only really thing that I know about Russia every time they take the ice is uh, Valerie Bragan is going to be behind the bench. And that guy, yeah, that guy's got a face for TV. <laughs> no kidding, yeah. He uh, he likes to not smile or speak much English at all, but he's, uh, he's a fun guy to, to get information out of him when you give it to him, and uh, he just wants to win. And uh, he's definitely a guy that uh, whenever you see Russia, you recognize him. Stephen, thanks very much. If people want to get a hold of you uh, or follow you on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or all the social media, where can people reach you? 
Uh, if you want to see my Twitter, it's at Stephen Ellis NHL. That's the same name for my Instagram, which is mostly just me uh, promoting things. Um, so definitely those two places. And I just launched a website recently, uh, Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Ellis, E-L-L-I-S.com. And that's going to be posting kind of articles that I don't have anywhere specific I want to write about, uh, write for a story. And that's uh, kind of where I post everything. Awesome. Great stuff, Stephen. Thank you uh, so much for taking the time to talk to us about us. Just just one last question for you, Stephen, before we go here. Um, What is your opinion on Don't Stop the Party? (laughs) Oh, oh, geez. Um, Let's just put it this way. I actually had a lot of the games muted, which was kind of (laughs) nice. I I, I was at the World Cup of Hockey when uh, Weedem Boys was played nonstop. So um, I will just say this. I've not been impressed with most of Hockey Canada's music choices, whether it be the, uh, uh, what's that, I'm drawing a blank, uh, Feeling Good, um, that they always use the World Championships. Can't stand mm. that song. And, uh, Weed and Boys wasn't that much better. And yeah, that was uh, not a good choice. So let's just say that Hockey Canada should not be allowed to choose their own songs because they're not any good. Like Kazakhstan, choose them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, no. I will say this, Kazakhstan had the worst Goal song by far. Wow. Oh, unpopular opinion. The biggest hot take. I love oh, it. Oh boy, that's awesome. I, I don't. I don't like songs that have no substance. It, it, the people like it because there's some kind of crowd aspect to it, sure. But it's like the, the, the chorus sucks. I don't like it. It's not a good song. It's it's a crowd pleaser song. That's it. I don't think it's a good song. Fair enough. Can't go wrong. Thank you again, Stephen, for again taking the time to to give us a call and. Talk about a you know a really exciting World Junior Hockey Championship and hopefully some more conversations in the future. Absolutely, with a great chairman. All right, a huge thanks to Stephen Ellis. Uh, man, that guy knows his junior hockey. Hey, holy moly, has some some what doesn't what what doesn't that guy know? I know, honestly, he just I'm really surprised at the whole Kazakhstan goal song thing. I think we were talking about it earlier. Sweet Caroline is a classic. I love it. Stephen, why does he hate? I don't know why he hates it, but anyways. Nonetheless, thanks to Stephen for uh, taking the time to, to give us a call. Really, it was uh, super awesome. Uh, next week, we got a big guest coming up. Um, I'm not going to say his name. You just have to follow our Twitter and Instagram for that information. So Absolutely. Um, going to be a really good guest on next week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean to wrap it up, uh, good podcast. Nice to be back, 2019. It is the Chiefs' year, if anyone is aware. <laughs> Um, oh but yeah, no, a great, great podcast uh, so far, and can't wait to keep 2019 going. Um, Cole, one last thing to finish it off here: 2019, the new year. Oh, you know yeah. all that means. You know resolutions. Do you believe in them? And if so, do you have any? Uh, yes and no. I mean, New Year's is, is, is like it's pretty big. I guess it's yeah. depending on how people portray it. Um, but I don't know. I it's mean, pretty big because the number changes, right? Right. Yeah. Oof. Big deal. Big deal. But I don't know, man. Like, just I know I always want to eat a little bit healthier. Yeah. I'm doing this gallon of water per day. Okay. If, um, if people can't see Cole right now, what he carried into the studio today, I it's a giant jug of water, like one of those one gallon milk cups. milk jugs. Yep. Massive. I was like. Like, do you have your own cow? Are you going milking it after? Like, <laughs> I pee like a racehorse now, though. It's absolutely outrageous. <laughs> but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep uh, shoveling this water into me. Um, a good cleanse. Gonna get a good, yeah, and we mentioned earlier in a couple podcasts ago that me and Josh Albanetti are racing each other. 
I need to be in decent shape for that. I don't want to be. I want to beat him pretty bad. I don't want to beat him by just a little bit. So I'm gonna have to. So is it for every hot dog you eat, you drink one of those? I'm off the hot dogs. I'm off the grease pestles. Wow, no more. Hot... Well, I will uh, tell you, Cole, that I am into the hot dogs now, back in, and I am never letting that go. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I had so many of them at the World Junior. I'm ready to take a break and just drink water and eat a little healthier at home. Lay off the eating out. Yeah, fair enough. Just Chipotle wrap into Martins. My, I mean, I always, like, make the uh, the resolution to, you know, go to the gym, you know, work out, yeah. blah, 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 get stronger. But uh, I thought I might do that again this year, and uh, I thought of a better one, actually. <laughs> I suffer from something called CC. Do you know what that stands for? Uh, no. That is called uh, the chronic complainer syndrome. Okay. Yeah. CCS, I guess you could say. Chronic complaining syndrome. And uh, literally, I just complain about everything. So if I'm driving, you know, there's traffic. You know, God damn it, there's so much traffic. I do that all yeah, the time. Well, you know, so I'm going to be a little more, bo- little bit more positive, um, you know, Sometimes uh, you just got to take a deep breath. I know I get really mad when people cut in front of me in the mall to do stupid things. Like some guy the other day, I was just trying to get at a superstore. Some guy stepped in front of me in the mall just to put his little piece of gum in the garbage. And made me stop. Like I had to physically stop. Yeah, no, I was not happy. That's annoying. But I took a deep breath. Smile. Smile. And just walked along. (laughs) And you know what? What's what's even funnier is someone makes you mad on the road. Nothing hurts more than giving them a thumbs up. No kidding. That yeah, hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Yeah. No. Pardon my French, but that shit hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Um, positivity and smiling hurts. Yeah, it, it does. People off sometimes. Oh, oh, people get rattled. Oh yeah. So. so yeah. Cool. Anyway, that's gonna do it. I think for episode number four. Um, hell of a time. Count. Uh, obviously, Caden. Thank you as always. We're yeah. PG Kids still plugging away. And, uh, yeah, next week's going to be good. Can't wait for next week's episode. Back to the weekly routine. We're back to the weekly routine for however many weeks we're here. 12, 13. We're going to keep it going, though. I think yeah. we'll go through this. I don't like to time. look at big numbers like that. We No. Yeah. Week by week. Yeah. Trust the process. Maybe when it gets under 10, we'll Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Well, right on. Take care, everybody. And thank you for joining us on Two Spruce Crew. If you're in Sonar and you want to talk about Two Spruce Crew, keep doing it. Come say hi to us. Cole's going to be there next weekend.